Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier Counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts, the News Press's Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News' Adam Fisher. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. I'm news press reporter Adam Regan, and I'm joined, as always, by Naples Daily News sports reporter Adam Fisher. It's the last week of the regular season. Yes. Playoffs coming up next week. We're actually two days away from Halloween. Yep. And usually on these type of uh, podcasts, talking head shows on ESPN, usually they're kind of dressed up in their Halloween costumes, being very festive and... We are not dressed up, but what would you be dressed up as? Well, I, I was going to ask you what you're dressing as. I actually, this year, am dressing up as Duke Kaboom. Do you know who that is? Canada's greatest stuntman. I can tell by your stunned look. Anyone out there with children between the ages of 5 and 10 saw Toy Story 4 this summer. Duke Kaboom is the uh, little Canadian toy. It's like the Canadian uh, Evil Knievel. My whole family's dressing up as characters from Toy Story 4. So. Well, that's cute. There you go. It's cool because I get to shave a stupid uh, facial hair configuration. And you know I love messing with my facial hair. I'm going to have a nice little uh, chops and the uh, the shooter mustache. That's going to be dope. I think that's pretty awesome. I do not have a family, so <laughs> I will not be dressing up for Halloween. No, that's a good question. I, I wonder this. What what does a uh, you know 30-something man do on Halloween because I figure when you're younger you go to the bars you hang out dress up with your friends when you're my age you got to kids you do the kid stuff but if you don't have kids you're just chilling what, what do you do are you are you handing out candy or trick-or-treaters coming uh, by your place well usually I hope I'm working on Halloween so I don't have to hand out candy it's a Thursday but, night so I don't think you'll be working yeah I'm gonna buy some candy but no one ever trick-or-treats around my condo complex so you're gonna eat a lot of candy is what I, you're so yes that's basically <laughs> what's gonna happen Moving on, we're going to talk about a couple of big issues this last week of the regular season. First, news of the day last week, and Adam Fisher, you were on it. Oasis forfeits three games for using an ineligible player. Yes, self-reported as well. They discovered that a player was ineligible, and for some reason, this is another thing we'll talk about, ineligible in weeks one, two, and six. Don't know who the player is. Don't know what happened in weeks three through five, why this player didn't play. One of those weeks was a buy, I'll tell you that. But they self-reported, ineligible player, and have forfeited three wins. Now, I understand the um, families at Oasis are very upset about this. We have not gotten enough details to know other than hearsay and conjecture why they're upset. Because to me, it's if a kid's ineligible, he's ineligible. That's pretty cut and dried, right? His GPA is not high enough or he didn't transfer. I, I mean, if it's a transfer issue, that, that's one thing as well. I don't think that's the case. Either way, and let's say also this is not officially official, Oasis expects to have forfeited. They have informed their opponents that they have forfeited. FHSA is still completing its investigation. But I got to imagine they got to wrap it up soon because, you know, the playoff standings come out Sunday. They got to know these wins, we'll talk about it in a second, have a big effect on the playoff standings. Yeah, and it's just disappointing because Oasis, after their win over Avon Park last week, they're 8-1 and on the field, but 5-4 and in their record book, and they are 5-4. and There's... No questions about it right now unless there's some appeal or something like that. They're 5-4, and four and they've got to play Clearwater Cavalry Christian, yeah. who's 7-2, and two and they got to play them on the road. If they win that game, maybe they have a shot at the playoffs, but I don't 
think they do if they lose. Well, it, it's it's tricky because 3A is like 6A, whereas the RPI standings are pretty bunched up. But we were expecting Oasis to jump up to number two in the uh, buy this week because – or in the RPI standings and earn a buy because Bishop Rowe lost. We kind of thought they were going to lose. Oasis was at number three. We thought they were going to win against Avon Park. But like you said, man, I mean, this – Puts into jeopardy, jeopardy their first ever playoff appearance. And this is their, I think, most wins in a season since starting 11-man football. That's before the forfeits. So very disappointing, and that's why, you know, parents are so upset. But, man, it's, you know, you got to follow the rules. Yep, and another smaller school team from the area. First Baptist Academy going for the undefeated season against West Oaks Academy, who's not very good. No, they have a losing record, and First Baptist gets them at home. It's senior night. They don't have many seniors, only three, but people are going to be hyped up, psyched. I, I talked to Coach Billy Sparacio this week for a feature that's going to be out Friday at NaplesNews.com slash sports slash prep zone. You know, and I asked him, is that a big deal, finishing undefeated? Because you don't talk about that. You don't go into the season saying, we want to finish undefeated. You say, we want to win the game in front of us. We want a district, win playoffs, blah, blah, blah. But he said, yeah, it is a big deal because you finished undefeated. It means you won all those games. You did everything you were supposed to do throughout the week. So they see this as a big target. Ten wins is a big deal, especially uh, for a team like this that was very young. We didn't expect a whole bunch from them this year. And they've gone out, and especially the past two games they've had, they beat uh, Glades Day. Not as good as they have been, but still a good team. Good program, I should say. And they won at Moorhaven last week, which is a big deal for a young team and an, an intimidating place to play. Moorhaven, as we said, not as good also as they've been in, in past, but still a big win for the Lions. And I want to reiterate that we were talking about First Baptist before the season started, whether you know they were going to be in contention, because you always have to ask about First Baptist and you know whether they're going to be good, because they're usually good. But we talked about the losses they had to graduation, the transfers. Lost their quarterback, and yeah. And we weren't really expecting them to be that good. We were actually expecting ECS to, you know, take that mantle right. as a contender in that region but we were very wrong yeah i don't think any of us expect knew what uh, rich uh, million could do there at quarterback the freshman who has come in now he before the season he earned a bid to the freshman all-american game which is always kind of problematic you know you should be rewarded for what you do on the uh, high school field not the uh, the youth field but uh he has proved it man i mean he's, he's got uh, 13 rushing touchdowns 12 passing he, he's been amazing so that brings me to my next question about him Last year we had Jensen Jones win the Broxton Trophy. Mm -hmm. He was one of the he's the only small school player to That's do correct, it, yeah. right? Only private school in, in Collier County player. Only private school player to win a uh, Broxton. So could it be two in a row? That's my question. I mean, he's definitely in contention, and and postseason does play a big factor into this because the other players that are up for this, you know, you're talking about uh, kids at Naples, maybe kids at Laley. Um, the Palmetto Ridge, maybe teams that are probably going to make the playoffs, and so there's still games to be played. You know, if Elon Samler rushes for 200 yards a game and leads Naples to the state title, he's probably going to win the Broxton. If Rich Million does the same thing, if he runs for 200 yards a game and leads First Baptist to its first ever state title, he's probably going to win the Broxton. But definitely in contention as a ninth grader, that's amazing. Speaking of Naples, I want to go up to our favorite region in Southwest Florida, Region 6A3. That's 6A4. 6A4. Yeah, it used to be 6A3. Yes. But it's 6A4 now, and it, it contains most of our bigger schools in Lee and Collier County. And Naples, oh, they have the number one seed right now. We, again, we're doing this show on Tuesday, right before the RPI rankings come out. But it's safe to say that Naples will probably still have the number one seed 
Yeah, Naples took care of business. They finished an undefeated season, beat Immokalee. Miami Central was at number two. They lost last week. Now, they lost to Chaminade Madonna, a top-ranked team in the smaller classes there. However, a loss is still a loss. That messes with your winning percentage, which is 35% of the RPI, whereas Fort Myers um, and Dillard won last week. So, Naples should hold on to that number one spot. I don't see how they don't. They can't lose. But you look, those teams below them, man. They came into last week with – about 11 teams competing for those spots, 11 total if you can uh, count the four district champions. But Laley, North Fort Myers, Dunbar, Palmetto Ridge, they all won last week. South Fort Myers lost, lost Baron to Collier was in the number four spot. Two weeks ago, Baron Collier was in the number two spot. They might fall all the way out of the playoffs because they've had back-to-back losses. Even Miami Norland, Miami Bell and Jesuit, they were in that 10th and 12th spot kind of competing for that number eight seed. They both lost last week as well. So it's going to be bananas. We don't know what to expect. And, of course, we still have one more week left where some of these teams are playing very tough games. It could even look very different Sunday when they come out with the actual playoff pairings than what it does Tuesday when the RPI came out. Well, I'm excited to do the podcast next week when we have the playoff rankings finally set. Well, that's going to do it for our first segment. When we come back, we're going to break down three big games going on in the regular season finales. Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices. Welcome back in, everybody, to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. Let's look ahead to Week 11, the final week of the regular season. This is where it all happens, guys. We're going to know the playoffs after this. Well, two days after this on Sunday. But a game I believe that you and I kind of circled at the beginning of the year as a big game. We thought it was going to – it's interesting to be sure. Two winning programs in the area. Bishop Vero at North Fort Myers. We knew, at least you knew, Bishop Vero was going to be really good. We had questions about North Fort Myers. Playing in a tough district, tough schedule after losing a lot of talent last year. North, they've taken care of business, 7-2. and two. They should be in the thick of the playoff hunt, although this might be a must-win for them because that uh, 6A Region 4 is so tight. What do you think, man? Is North too big and for, for Bishop Vero, even though Bishop Vero has a very good uh, small school schedule? Yeah, there's so many angles yeah. to this game. I guess we should start with North Fort Myers. Yeah, they're 7-2. and two. They, they lost to Fort Myers were actually blown out by Fort Myers you know, a couple weeks ago, and that kind of killed their district championship hopes. But they've been impressive since then, and they've been running the ball really well with Parker O'Dell and Christian Morgan. And I think that this isn't a must-win for them. I think that they're going to get good credit for playing a good team in Vero with the opponent's record and the opponent's opponent's record right. as well. So I don't think it's a must-win for North Fort Myers, but it could help their playoff seeding because the key really is to avoid Miami Central. Yes. I, I think North Fort Myers would love to play Naples. Again, considering it would be a oh, rematch. Oh, that would be so much fun. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that because, as we said in the other segment, Miami Central lost. That throws them down to number four, which means likely number four. Again, let's preface this. We have not seen the RPI as we record this. but So you think you want number five seed in that region. That's the best at-large bid you can get. Well, now, if that number five seed has to go over to Miami Central, that's no fun. You don't want any part of that. But, of course, you probably don't want to play at Naples either. So I think North Fort Myers – I mean, they're definitely in if they win, but they've got a good shot. If they even if they lose this, they finish seven and three. That's better than you know, all the uh, most of the other teams in front of them. And another angle to this is Bishop Vero. 
all season. Uh, people outside of Bishop Verona say, you know, the Vikings don't play anyone. Mm. They don't. They don't play any good schools. They don't belong in the conversation with top teams in Lee County, like Fort Myers and Dunbar, North Fort Myers. However, the Vikings beat Baron Collier and Palmetto Ridge. That Palmetto Ridge win is looking a little better and better yeah. as Palmetto Ridge gets better. And North Fort Myers is the third 6A team from the area that Vero will play this season. And I think Vero wants this game bad. They want to show that they're one of the best teams in, in Lee County. We have them at number two right now. You know, We jumped on the bandwagon with that but there are other doubters that say that Vero does just does not belong and this would be a huge statement game for them I think the key to this game really is going to be the Bishop Road defense stopping that North Fort Myers running game Parker Odell has had a great season this year they're running that read option with him and Christian Morgan but I don't think they've faced a defense as good as Vero this season. And let's give credit. I think, you know, Vero's two losses kind of show even more about them than their wins. They've lost to American Heritage, University, state-ranked teams. Last week they lost to Fort Lauderdale University, who I believe is number one in their class, maybe number two, 21-13. I mean, to stay just within one score of a very, very talented team, that, that shows a lot about what Bishop Vero is doing. And then you're playing another tough team. You go into the playoffs, I mean, they've got a ton of uh, – they're going to be battle-tested, as they say, once the playoffs roll around. Yeah, and there's so many matchups that could happen in the first round. You you could get a North Fort Myers-Fort Myers matchup, which has only happened once in history. Yeah. You could get a Dunbar-Fort Myers matchup. It could be really, really interesting in the playoffs next week. A game that maybe doesn't have playoff implications, I want to go down to Collier County because it is a rivalry game. Baron Collier at Gulf Coast, of course, it's the – Sharks, yeah, I was going to say the Sharks and the Cougars, a.k.a. Cats and Fish, Fish and Cats, Catfish Bowl. Uh, both these teams coming off stinging losses. Both of them probably going to miss the playoffs. I mean, it's hard to tell with Baron Collier. If they lose, they're definitely out. But they want to go into the, uh, the offseason on, on, on a high, you know, especially after just deflating losses last week. Baron Collier, they are 5-4 and four after they started, I believe, 5-2. and two. Golf goes four and five, ugly loss. So I don't know. I, I still think I like Baron Collier in this one, even though Baron Collier's been banged up a bit. Their offense just has not looked the same. They were without Drew Powell last week, their running back. Not to mention they lost their backup running back a few weeks ago. He just up and left the team. And then their top receiver a few weeks ago tore his ACL. I shouldn't say that, but he's out for the season, season-ending injury. So it's been a struggle for them, but I don't think Gulf Coast, you know, last week Baron Carter just couldn't shake loose from that Laley defense. That is very, very fast. Gulf Coast, obviously not the same amount of speed there, and they're stinging as well. So you saw Gulf Coast last week. I mean, what did you think? I had went to went into the game expecting a closer game against lehigh for that district championship and gulf coast they just did not come ready to play uh, connor barrett the quarterback there he's a freshman he was running for his life he threw a couple good balls but like they they weren't connecting on passes and then as you said speed is just not there yeah and lehigh definitely exposed that uh, you know lehigh's got athletes all over the place Tavares dawson he had three touchdowns you know basically early in the second quarter you know he finished them off by himself you know and once he was you know once he caught the ball he was gone it's just I don't see that this defense is going to hold up against Baron Collier well Baron Collier is young up front and kind of small up front usually they have that big offensive line but so if if they still have injuries if Drew Powell cannot play 
that kind of evens the field there. I think Golf Coast can hang with them a little bit. I just don't think Golf Coast offense has uh, the athletes to kind of shake loose. So I honestly think it'll be a low-scoring game, one that maybe earlier in the year we kind of thought would be a, a playoff decider. Now I think both these guys, you know, likely out of the playoffs. So one with huge playoff implications – we're staying in 6A. Dunbar goes all the way up to St. Petersburg to play an undefeated Lakewood team. Man, Dunbar coming off a couple wins in a row now. They're sitting at 7-2 as well, I believe, going to 9-0 Lakewood. It's like a, a mini playoff game, right? Well, my question to you is, was this savvy scheduling on Dunbar's part or – is this rough scheduling on Dunbar's part? Because if you look at it both ways, you can look at it as, hey, they caught Lakewood at a good time. Lakewood's 9-0. They're going to get some points regardless of or this game or just unfortunate because now Lakewood's 9-0. They weren't that good last year. Yeah. You, you never know what to, to predict, you know, when you're scheduling the team, what they're going to be. Although Dunbar, you know, I don't think we – I didn't think they were going to be this good. I thought they'd be a little bit more middle of the pack. So they're, they're a team that may be in, but if they win, they're definitely in. So it's just tough. I think it's tough scheduling. I don't know if it's smart or bad, but you, you know how I feel about road trips. Very tough for a high school team heading on the road, getting on a bus middle of the day, sitting around waiting after eating dinner, uh, especially at a very good team that's 9-0. and So this Dunbar team, they've been running the ball very well. They're scoring 22 points a game during this three-game winning streak. Brandon Benjamin had 170 yards and three touchdowns last week in a win over Safford Myers. The defense has stepped up. Even in Jadarius Green-McKnight's absence, they've played really well. The one bad part about last week's win over Safford Myers was that they lost defensive back Kevon Watts for the season, and he's been a great player for them. So, really, this game is going to come down to who plays better defense. And I will say this as a note, and you never want to see it, but the handshake line should be watched very, very closely during this Dunbar-Lakewood game because last season, Lehigh went up to St. Pete Lakewood and an all-out brawl ensued. And FHSA, if you look between the lines at their fines that they handed out, Lakewood was the aggressor in that one. So if Dunbar comes away with a win in this one, I think administrators need to pay very, very close attention to that because Lakewood already has a history of starting stuff, and you get players suspended for the playoffs when you're Dunbar, you can't afford that at all. As we said, it's going to be a very, very hard-fought game to begin with. Emotions should be running high, so it could, could get a little bit chippy. So we've got other games to get to, and we're going to predict them. Let's get to our predictions after this break. Come on back. For the most in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to naplesnews.com and news-press.com. Follow us on Instagram at NewsPress Sports and NDN Prep Zone. On Twitter, NPHS Sports and NDN underscore Prep Zone, or download our apps. Welcome back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. It's picks time. My Ten games. Time. It's it's getting real dicey for you, Fisher. Last week you go five and five, yeah. and I go seven and three. I now have an eleven game lead on you, and I don't think we're going to be picking ten games a, a, a week the rest of the no. way with playoffs. So you're going to have to really, really pick it up to even have a chance at this one. I was so proud of myself on Friday night as I'm sitting there looking at scores while I'm covering my game. 
I see Cypress Lake putting it to DeSoto. I was like, yes, I took Cypress Lake. I said I had a gut feeling. <laughs> and then I sit down and look at the rest of the picks, and I was 5-5. Five and five. I took Gulf Coast over Lehigh. That was kind of a dumb pick. Tough to take. I think I told you before the podcast, we probably got about 20 games left to pick, including this, well, yeah, 10 this week, and then for the next three rounds of the playoffs, I'd say we got about 20 games left. So I got to make up some ground starting this week, baby. Here it comes. First game right out of the shoot, Bishop Rowe at Eesh. North Fort Myers. You better pick the opposite of me this one because this might be one of your best chances to pick up a game. I mean, I'm going to take Bishop Rowe's mm-hmm. defense against the North Fort Myers running game. I think Bishop Rowe can slow him down a little bit. They got Derek Erickson there. The kid's a beast. And they also score in all three facets of the game too. So if North Fort Myers makes a mistake – Bishop Rowe can make him pay. Yeah, you could talk me into picking either team in this. I honestly was leaning towards Vero, but you know, as we've said, for, for the sake of argument, for the sake of me trying my best to catch up, I will take North Fort Myers. Either way, it's going to be a close one, so I'll take the Red Knights, Red Raiders. Which one is it? You do this every <laughs> single week. This Don't is put like Red sh- in your thing. Is this shtick or like? No, do you I really, really can't remember. I believe it's the Raiders. The Red Knights, man. Knights, that gummit. All right, another game where I think you're going to have to take opposite of me. I When I picked these games to pick them, I wanted to pick the games that were, you know, close to 50-50 as possible. St. Petersburg Lakewood hosting Dunbar. Lakewood is ranked. They're 9-0. and They're at home. I'm going to pick Lakewood. Man, I'm, I'm debating because I, I want to pick Lakewood as well, how bad I want this. Because if I start going against you on every pick and I start losing them, I mean, at the end of the year, I'm going to be down 30 games and look like a complete idiot, and I'll probably lose my job. You play so, to win the game. Um, so does that mean I should pick who I want or I should pick against you? Are you talking strategy or should I go with, like, my head? I don't know, man. Just do something. All right. I'll take Dunbar then just for funsies. But I think it, it, it's tough. I think they have a shot. You're going to have to play a heck of a game, but I'll take the Tigers. Catfish Bowl. Baron Collier at Gulf Coast. Baron Collier, they've been struggling as of late. But I saw Gulf Coast last week, and the recency bias is very, very strong within me. And Gulf Coast was not good at all against Lehigh, so I'm going to go with the Cougars. Yeah, I'm going to take the Cougars too. I know I should be going against you, and I think it will be a close game. But this is on my home turf, so I want to you know, actually put my all into this. And on these Collier County games, for my loyal Collier County fans, all six of them, I'll take Baron Collier. Cape Coral at Ida Baker. Cape Coral gets their first mm. win of the season last week against LaBelle. You know, the streamers were coming down from the ceiling. <laughs> Everybody was excited. Cape Coral, chance to finish this season that seems like it will never end with a two-game winning streak against rival Ida Baker. But I'm going to go with Ida Baker to finish 5-5, five and five, which is a win, I think. A really oh, big win. I think that's definitely. a huge accomplishment. I, th- I will take the Bulldogs. Yeah, same here. This one I don't think will be close, so I can't go against you just uh, for the sake of argument. I will take Ida Baker. And then a game at that we saw at the beginning of the season, we were so excited that they scheduled it. Riverdale coming off a undefeated regular season, and they were like, we want Fort Myers, and the people wanted to see them play Fort Myers, so they scheduled it for the end of the season. And Riverdale is 3-6 and six this year, and they will go – to Fort Myers, which is eight and two, or eight, I'm sorry, seven and two, looking to move to eight and two. I'm gonna go with Fort Myers. Running game is just gonna be way too much for this Riverdale team that is wounded. This is one of those games where we talk about you know what the 
playoff RPI means. It wouldn't have counted before. I mean, Fort Myers would have wrapped up a district title, and even though it is a kind of a rivalry, you're playing against a losing team, maybe Fort Myers will be tempted to arrest some players, bring up some JV guys. But now you're fighting for that number two seed. So Fort Myers is going to be going all out. Green Wave win this one. Bonita Springs at Mariner, and Bonita Springs got their first got win. Duh, first baby. Win. Not on the field, though, because uh, Oasis forfeited it to them. And when Bonita Springs gets their first win on the field, I think that'll be celebrated as the first win. But it's not going to happen this week. Mariners playing really well to end the season. It's going to be a springboard into the offseason for the Tritons. Yeah, I agree. Mariner has looked better in the second half. Unfortunately, we just haven't had as much time to devote to them just because, you know, we've been talking about these playoff races and they are out of it. But, yeah, Bonita Springs, I think they will lose. I'll take Mariner. But, again, you know, they, they played some strong football, just haven't won a game on the field. Uh, it's going to happen eventually. And – I wouldn't be surprised if it happened early next season. Yep. Another big game, and we didn't think it would be that big of a game. Maybe in terms of seeding it would have been, but I think Oasis has to go up to Clearwater Cad- Clearwater Cavalry Christian and win that game, but they've, they're have they a very good team in is Clearwater Cavalry Christian. It's a road trip. Oasis, there's a lot of pressure on them. I will take the home team. You know, that is a very good team, Clearwater Cavalry Christian. Tough to say, but good program. CCC. But uh, Oasis, man, they're ticked off. Like, they're fighting for their playoff lives. They came out, even though they played a bad team last week in Avon Park, they went on the road after all this crap came out just days before, took care of business, 41 to nothing, and they got to win if they want to be in the playoffs, and it still doesn't guarantee it. They've got too many seniors that have worked too hard. I'm taking the Sharks. And it is to be mentioned that that Avon Park team they went up and beat was one in seven. That's true. I said they weren't very good, but, you know, dealing with adversity, yada, yada, yada. Another big game for playoff implications, Port Charlotte at Palmetto Ridge. Port Charlotte is firmly in the playoffs. They're a very good team. They're one of the best teams in the, in this region area of southwest florida but palmetto ridge is one of the hottest teams in southwest florida looking to rise up and grab one of those playoff spots and a win over port charlotte would go a long way in doing that palmetto ridge won again last week they've won four in a row but they didn't really win as easily as uh, they have the past three weeks it was 26 to 18 i think that says more about the preparation golden gate put into a rivalry game at the end of their season Port Charlotte also, let's say I'm a little disappointed that, the, that those Charlotte teams are in a different region this year. I would love to see Port Charlotte come down here and play at Naples again. Almost beat Naples on their home field two years ago. Same thing with Charlotte. Charlotte's good again. And you did not pick because you were supposed to pick first. Uh, you just Port, mentioned the game. Port Charlotte is one of the best coach teams in Southwest Florida. And those Charlotte County teams are very well coached. They're very disciplined. And they're going to go to Palmetto Ridge, and they're going to win by two touchdowns. Ooh, two touchdowns. You guys hear that, Bears fans? Not not on my side over here. The Prove Bears are going to win. Prove me wrong. The Bears are going to win. Their defense is nasty, and the offense is, is, is rolling. So uh, I'm taking Palmetto Ridge to make the playoffs. I'd love to see it. Yep. A Sunshine State Athletic Conference FBS playoff game. Gateway Charter goes to Out of Door Academy last week. And wins, so they get a rematch with Oviedo Masters Academy, who beat them earlier in the season. I'm going to go with Masters Academy, and we still haven't figured out what they're Masters of. Maybe football. Well, they are Masters. That's all you need to know, and Masters are better than uh, 
Gateways? Griffin, I, Griffins? I don't, I don't know. Griffins? Yeah, I'll take um, the Masters as well. Another SSAC playoff game, this time in the FCS division. West Palm Beach, Berean Christian at Canterbury, the defending SSAC FCS champions. I'm going to go with Canterbury in this one. I, when it comes to SSAC FCS playoffs, the Cougars are where it's at. Well, West Palm Beach, Berean Christian, their name is way longer than Canterbury. They've got five words in their name canterbury just has one so i'm taking Bahrain christian to win on the strength of that mouthful of a name and we'll see how that goes and don't forget to go to news-press.com sports and naples news sports slash prep zone for all your coverage leading up to the last week of the regular season and on friday night we'll have live scoreboard photo galleries highlights analysis all that good stuff and we'll be back next week to talk about the playoffs Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download to get you ready for the coming week.